BAM Radio Network. When Derek McCoy was in school, it wasn't right unless the teacher said it. It had to come out of a textbook, and we had a specific image of what classrooms looked like and what they had to be like. If you change how your PD is delivered in your school, you'll change how your classes are taught. Hey everyone, this is Unearthed. Inviting people into a deeper dialogue. Yes, we are. I'm Dr. Brad Gustafson. And I'm Ben Gilpin. Let's do this, Benny. Ben, 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 if I have my calendar dates right, you are in testing season in Michigan. Say it ain't so. Uh, How's it going? I I can tell you, it it started off fairly smooth. Uh, The only thing is, anytime when I have to call the helpline, I feel like I have to push all these buttons and I'm talking to a machine more than I'm actually talking to a person. You ever ever get that? Uh, No, no, I don't. We have a machine employed here. And when we call, uh, and by machine, I mean like an assessment guru who is very helpful at the district level. She is awesome. But let's, you know what? I'm guessing no one wants to dial in and listen to us talk about high stakes assessment. They probably want to listen to us. Uh, and more to the point, listen to Derek talk about how do we as educators shift to a learning-centered culture, which is maybe a little bit different than an assessment-driven culture, maybe. What do you think? And you know, you just gave away uh, our guest this week. So we are excited to have Derek on with us, and he's going to talk a little bit about um, some conversation that actually started on hashtag ECET2. And what, is that, what does that stand for? Well, I'm going to let Derek take that right. one. And um, he's going to share what that's, that hashtag stands for. And so go for it, Derek. This conversation started a couple, well, actually started Sunday night uh, on the ECET2 chat. Um, and I was want to thank my friend Barry for inviting me on. ECET2 uh, is an abbreviation for Elevating and Celebrating Effective Teachers and Teaching Nationwide. And yeah, we were talking about um, changing, building, learning environments and what we can do to, to make that transition more effective. Uh, we, we had a great uh, talk a couple nights ago about this and, and what's involved in it. And it really struck home. This is a personal journey that I'm going through right now. I'm at a great school that started here in July. And, and this is what we're doing. We're, we're shifting our beliefs and our practices to really make learning relevant and uh, just changing some fundamentals about what we think and believe and do in teaching and learning. Frame this for us and for me, because I, I would suspect if you asked 100 educators or parents, you know, what is a learning-centered culture? You might get, actually, you might get more than 100 answers. I don't know. Do the math on that one. But going through the vision process in your district, define even what a learning-centered culture is. So a learning-centered environment is going to be personalized. We don't need everybody to be at a certain level. We can accommodate the different learners in the room. And, you know, we're not just going to talk about technology, but we're going to utilize all those resources to make sure that students are really maximizing their learning potential. And teachers are going to be not just great deliverers, but they're going to be master facilitators and master designers to make sure that everybody is thriving and doing their best. We want to build kids who have some grit and some determination and know where they're going. And we want teachers who can push all those students in a great personalized, differentiated environment. So in a nutshell, Derek, really quick, in in what we're talking about here, it's about the learning, not necessarily the grade. Is that one quick way to talk about this? I'll say it's about the learning, not the grade. It's about the learning, not the teaching. It's about okay. the learning. It's about the design. It's about the culture. 
All this is going to be facilitated with the relationships that are built. All this is going to be facilitated by making sure that all the stakeholders know their part and all the stakeholders are putting in their effort. So the teachers are doing their part. The parents know their part at home and are really opening up their game and what they're doing. And, you know, us as instructional leaders, no matter where we are. Derek, I got a burning question here. What if people think their part is to make sure that test scores are perfect and 100% and that's the driving force and everything? How do we shift to a culture when the mindset in many is that it's just test scores and that's really it? Yeah. And and we live that now, don't we? We we all live that now. We do. What I do with my staff is I tell my staff, look, you know, of course, the test scores are going to be out there. We're not going to get around that. But when I come to your classroom, what you and I talk about is about the learning that has been designed for your students. That's what we're going to talk about. Everything else is going to come in place. Everything else is going to fall in place if we design the best learning for our students. I love what you're saying, especially about the learning, because so often when we are talking with our teachers, the focus seems to be squarely on the teaching and not always the learning. And I think that's that's a really important piece that we need to focus more on what are the students learning, not necessarily what are teachers teaching. Because in some ways, those can be two different things. You know, I, I remember having teachers for a long time say they covered everything in the book. And covering something and teaching something doesn't necessarily equal that students have learned it. Boom. The, the, the other piece that you mentioned is you mentioned stakeholders, and you just initially mentioned parents. I'm, I'm very curious, Derek, from the middle school standpoint, this has got to be a tremendous shift for some of the parents that you deal with. Would, would you say that as well? 100%. Parents are more so naturally more engaged at the elementary level. Uh, at the middle school, parents want to back off because the kids are older. But what parents don't understand is they this is when they need to dig in just as deep, if not deeper, because of all the other social emotional things that the kids are going through. For us here in Rowan Salisbury, we just launched a one-to-one a, couple, a year and a half ago. We want our parents to be just as engaged as when the learning was in print, as in books. But the parents have some intimidation. So we have to build that into our operating scheme that we're going to have these talks with parents. It's going to let them understand the the essentials of our one-to-one dive and what their role is at home. It's critical. You know, everybody has to have the same expectation. We have to drive the same high levels of discussion. So during the chat that took place, the ECET2 chat that took place, I want to quote someone real quick. And they were actually talking a little bit about the parents. Very curious to get your take on this. So the question really centered around how do we get parents, how do we educate parents is essentially what it was. And this was um, the, the answer from Melanie Watson. And on Twitter, her handle is at Watson's 97. So her answer was, we invite parents to be part of the conversation. We brag about their genius kids whenever you have the chance and we welcome them. I, don't, I think Melanie's onto something, but I think it needs to go farther than that. What would you kind of um, continue with what Melanie was saying, Derek? Absolutely. I mean, that's that that just goes without saying we want to hear the good stuff. But I inherently think that parents want not parents need to know how to help their kids prepare for the future. They need to know that. So we've talked a little bit about the parent piece. What about with teachers? What is the conversation that takes place to really create this culture of learning that has to be present in our classrooms? 
What have you said to your staff, Derek? So some conversations I had with teachers today was about their professional development plans for next year. What we want to do is we want to dive into more uh, personalized PD for our teachers. When I'm sitting down with teachers one-on-one, I know what this math teacher wants to work on, and I'm learning what this uh, social studies teacher wants to work on. And they're two different things. One teacher wants to dive deeper into Twitter and get some resources and connect, make some connections to do more things in his or her classroom. And one teacher wants to get better at student-led conferences or whatever, whatever it is. PD is a critical role in moving a school towards more learning-centered culture. It, it, it has to be. Yep. You, Derek, you have I got to have... chime in on this because I'm like jumping out of my chair, fist pumps. <laughs> how, how the adults learn in a school really does dictates how the kids are learning. Whether we want to admit it, whether we realize it or not, there is a direct correlation to when we own the learning. The kids are free to do the same. And when we can't, it's a long shot. I, and I can't emphasize that enough. It's a really big deal. Let me extend that. If you change how your PD is delivered in your school, you'll change how your classes are taught. You'll change what the learning design is looks like in your classrooms. This year, at all my faculty meetings, at all of our uh, collaborative planning, what people refer to as PLCs, I never get up and lecture or give, uh, give bullet points or give, here's the agenda. I never get up and just talk. It immediately changed to more collaboration, to more research, and to more teachers doing. So in January, one of our teachers says, you know, we used to, our faculty meetings, we used to just be talked to. Now we're, do, we're doing a lot of stuff. And I was like, that's exactly right. Just like we want your kids to do a lot of stuff. And things just started clicking for a whole lot more people after that point. When we change our thinking as lead learners, our learning changes on every level in our school building. Yep. Okay, Dr. Gustafson, this has been, I mean, this has been a very rich conversation. I got to. I, I've got to ask you, what is your stake in the ground? Yeah, my stake in the ground? Here's where I'm at. There are a couple of things, Derek. One thing that you shared, and it goes back to how we started this conversation today, Ben, with assessment and the high stakes testing that, that's going on. We need to celebrate a different kind of genius in our kids while they're achieving it at a really high level and while we're helping them perform on a battery of assessments. If we don't recognize and cultivate the different types of genius and smart and passion that our kids have, I think we may have actually done them a disservice. And I need to chew on that a little bit to, to make sure it makes sense even to me. But I think that might be where I'm at after talking today. Okay. So, you know, if I'm going to throw my stake in the ground, I'm, I wish I could go back and, I, and I, I cannot wait to really listen to and dive into this episode. I guarantee that we have said the word learning triple, maybe quadruple the amount of time that we've said teaching. Boom. To me, that's what the stake in the ground is. What is happening in schools needs to be about the learning and not necessarily the teaching. And I got to throw in another, a little Twitter quote from that ECET2 chat. This was um, Dan Fouts, not the Hall of Famer, but uh, <laughs> Dan Fouts, which is at DM Fouts. He essentially said that teachers are students, just older, who need oh. similar care and attention. And we need to start to erase the distinction between teachers and students. And I think that he's saying it, he's saying it very well. And it's just like what Derek has pointed out and what Brad's pointed out, that um, it's time that we embrace the entire learning environment and not just focus on the students. And to piggyback on that, can a student-centered culture emerge if the staff meeting or the professional development meeting isn't teacher-centric in some way, shape, or form? I, 
I think it's highly unlikely. I think we have to honor the professionals as learners with all their unique needs if we really want that to manifest in, in our students ultimately. Derek, we appreciate you coming on. You've added tons of insight. Now, once again, ECET2 chat that takes place Sunday nights. Sunday nights, uh, 8 o'clock or 8 o'clock Eastern. And I love how you guys are talking about real stuff, Derek. Thank you so much. These, these are the conversations our kids need us to have. You can say that again. All right. These are the conversations our kids need us to have. Mic drop. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening, listening. Everybody. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.